be able to hear the call that you give to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There was a young man who was after the heart of a particular young lady. And he just had to have her. Knew she was the right one. And so he decided the best way to go about winning the young lady's heart was to start a letter campaign. He decided each day he would sit down to write a love letter to send to her every day. Ladies, Men, not my story. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) So he did. Every day he sat down. And into each one of these letters, he poured all of his heart and all of his emotions into it. And each day he sent out the letter so she could receive it to know how much he loved her. And he did this every day. And he was doing it for a while. For a while, and he realized he wasn't getting any kind of response. So he decides it's time to up the ante a little bit. Instead of one love letter a day, I'll send three. So he sat down three times a day, and the same way he did with the one letter, he poured every bit of his heart and every bit of his emotions into these love letters and sent out three love letters every day. In the end, the young lady received over 700 love letters. And in the end, the young lady married the mailman. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Now, Samuel didn't receive love letters or any kind of letter or any kind of vision or voice or anything because the writer of 1 Samuel tells us that nobody did. Nobody had for quite a while. So, Maybe in the story that we just read a a few moments ago from Samuel, you know, it's not all that, it's not all that, uh, it's not, it's, it's understandable how Samuel didn't realize God, Yahweh, was calling out to him. Didn't know God's voice. The writer tells us that a few times. But three times God, altogether four times, God calls out to Samuel. What's interesting is, Samuel and Eli, his teacher, his priest, however you want to describe their relationship, they were just going about their everyday routine, doing their responsibilities in the temple like they always did. Nothing special in particular that the writer tells us about this day. But Samuel, he's there. And, and we don't know how old Samuel was. We, we say young, and we assume for a number of reasons that he was about 12 years old, the age where he was responsible for his faith and his actions. But one day, one night, excuse me, they're in the temple with Eli. And Eli's in his usual spot. Samuel goes, and it's time for him to go to bed. And as he lays there, he hears the voice. Samuel. Samuel. Well, I mean, we don't know if anybody else was in there with them. We assume not. It doesn't say anything. So what else does Samuel assume? Well, Eli, well, he's, he's you know, getting up there, he can't see. I think in the next chapter or so, he's completely blind. So he's calling me, he needs some help. Let me go see. He goes to Eli. Here I am, you called me. To which Eli replied, boy, I ain't called you, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back 
to bed, and he lays down, and then he hears the voice again, Samuel, Samuel. Here I am, Lord, you call me? Eli said, boy, you kill one more time here. Go back to bed. So he goes back, and he hears the voice again. He goes back, and he tells Eli, here I am. Eli realizes that the, the young man is not merely hearing things. So he says, here's the deal. Don't wake me up again. He didn't say that. He, he probably wanted to, if you know Eli. Anyway, <laughs> go back again. And when you hear that voice, this is how I want you to respond. Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back. He lays down. And what does he hear? Samuel. Samuel. To which Samuel replies, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And then God lays out some stuff for Samuel about his call and about some other things that are going to happen that you should read about in that chapter. And, you know, I, you know how you ever woke up in the middle of the night like two, three, four times, you think, man, I just want to go to sleep. It's kind of frustrating, right? And, and I know the poor guy woke up a few times during the middle of the night. I know how frustrating that can be. But honestly, when I look at this story and I think about my calling, you know, I really wish I had it that easy. I wish my call was that easy to discern. I mean, don't you think that would make uh, you know, our Christian life a little more easier? If we knew for sure that, that, that God was saying, Manette, do this. Mike, do... Wouldn't that make it easier? I mean, because they were, they were like, well, am I doing God's will? Am I doing the right thing? Am I being holy and pleased? Ah, I just don't know. It would be so much easier God would say, do this. But you and I both know that's not usually the way it works out for us. Now, the trouble, trouble with that is that sometimes I think, I, and, I, and I see that if, if it's not that easy, if it's not as, you know, big and easy as, you know, the digital transition as they're making that all out to be, since it's not so easy to see and we're not expecting it, we don't know how to expect it, sometimes we can get the impression God hasn't called me to do anything. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. I don't know. That's not me. I'm not called to do that business. Nothing can be further from the truth. We need to have a conversation about the difference between having a calling and just being called. You may have a calling to preach. You may have a calling to teach. You may have a calling to lead a calling to do something specific just like that. But all of us have a call. And that call comes from God. Now this book here, the Bible, it's been called a lot of different things. But one of the titles that kind of sticks to me is we say, well, the Bible is, is you know, it's a collection of love letters. Now, what's funny about that, you know, you and I think of love letters, you know, Valentine's Day coming up and Hallmark's getting busy. If you were just to kind of, you know, pick something from the Bible. You shall keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and observe them so that the land to which I bring you to settle in may not vomit you out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
I just picked that one out too. It's, that doesn't sound real lovey-dovey, does it? Hallmark's not selling them cards, are they? At least not at the regular stores. <laughs> Have you ever considered that this book right here was God's way of reaching out to each one of us. That what's in here, you, know, you hear people say, well, ain't nothing but a bunch of rules. And that's not true. You ever thought that what's in here is, is, is information that you and I can't understand? Everybody get ready. Loosen up. We got to exercise. Y'all ready to exercise? Spiritual exercise. You ready? Ah. This is what I want you to do. In your mind, or on the back, do it on the back of your bulletin. That's more fun. Get a pen or a pencil or something. I want you to do something. This is going to be harder for more some of you than others. But see, all those rules and stories and everything people complain about. Really, what it is is information to, for us to understand who God is, who we are and what our relationship to God is as well. Now, that may not sound awe-inspiring, but watch this. This is what I want you to do for your spiritual exercise of the day. 30 push... No, I'm kidding. I want you to create a creature, an animal. Whatever you want it to look like, whatever, however many... You create your own creature. Got it working? What would that creature look like? Working on it? You can keep working on it, but here's what's interesting. If we were to collect all of your pictures, your creatures, whatever... Probably have to recommend some of you. Well, anyway. <laughs> but if I were to take all your pictures and you were to put everything down, I get it. You, you know, it's kind of interesting. You could come up with the most craziest thing you could, the most elaborate creature you could, the most unique, whatever you want to call it. And be real proud of it. But you know what's funny? Nothing that you would come up with would be without what God has already created. You know, your animal might have about 12 arms, but you know what? You've seen an arm before. You may have one big, ugly, juicy eye, but you've seen eyes before. Y'all with me? Nothing that we can create can be without what God's already created. We cannot escape the wonder and the mystery of God. But for some reason, many of us, Many people in the church feel like, well, when it comes to this faith and religious business, I can do it on my own. I'm happy with my own opinion of how things are. And and I just don't get that. We can't get around God's wonder. So why do we think that we can figure out all this stuff on our own? Two things about that. One is this. We all need training. 
And I'm not talking about everybody needs to go to school. I'm not talking about everybody needs to take classes. But we all need training to figure this out. We know that. When you want to be a teacher, what do you go to school to do? Learn how to teach. When you want to do music, what do you go to school to do? Learn about music. When you, want to, when you need to learn, you need to be something, you learn how to do it. And it's the same thing with this. The second thing about that I really want you to realize is all this stuff in here, God has made available to us to explain who God is, who we are, and what our relationship is to him. And the reason why he had it here is so that we can understand it. And the reason why he had it here so we can understand it is so that you and I would know that we are loved enough for him to do that. We can't escape God's mystery, so God made it available to us. Now, if we could think of reading the Bible that way, that takes on new meanings, not only for our lives, but also for our faith. And I'm going to be honest with you, so you have to be honest with me. You know, we can talk about the Bible being holy scripture, the holy word, and all that kind of stuff. But you know the reality of it, trying to do what's in here outside of here. That's a little tough. It's a little difficult. And I think, I think part of the reason is God is not the only one calling us. And I think that's where most people in the church, we, we neglect to prepare ourselves. You see, young Samuel, his response was the right response. The response that he gave Eli and God, they were pretty much the same thing. He had the right answer but he was giving it to the wrong person. Many people in the church still do that today. We have the right answer. We have the yes. We're just not giving the yes to God. You know, when we decide to say yes to, you know, idle gossip, what we're doing is saying no to God's call. When we decide to say yes to animosity, we're saying no to God's call. When we say yes to that picture on that screen, we're saying no to God's call. When we're saying yes to all those things we know are against what God wants for us, we are telling God, no thank you. God isn't the only one calling us, friends. Have you ever wondered if there were other people that Jesus went to and said, hey, come follow me. 
And they said, no thanks. According to the gospel writers, it doesn't say that. It's pretty much everybody who, who Jesus said, come follow me, they eventually said, I'm there. They dropped their nets and they followed him. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, they, they, they have a better response than some of us do. They have a better, you've heard the silly joke. Um, how's it go? The, the man who wakes up kind of crabby one Sunday morning and tells his wife, I'm not going to church. She says, yes, you are. He says, uh-uh. She says, oh, yes, you are. Your, iron, your clothes are all ironed and ready to go. Your shoes are looking good and ready to go. You haven't missed a Sunday yet. And besides that, she says, you're the pastor. <laughs> that begs me to ask myself, was there something special about the invitation of Jesus to those early disciples. Asking the people in the uh, Thursday morning Bible study, see what they tell you about that. And then, then, then that just leads me to have to ask, is there anything special from our point of view about the invitation from Jesus to follow him? See, you and I have the same invitation. It's pretty easy. Follow me. Now, we may have doubts. We may have insecurities. We may have whatever it is we can conjure up in ourselves to want to have to say no to that calling. But that's what this is for. That's what the community of God is for. God is calling out to each one of us out of his love for us. No other call is doing it like God is. And what I want you to remember, sometimes we get the wrong impression of some of the people in the Bible that, well, you know, they were called to be prophets or they were special to be disciples. and all. Before they were prophets, before they were disciples, before they were anything else, you know what they were? They were just people doing what they did every day. Sounds like all of us here today. Friends, we have the same call. Jesus says, follow